And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, podcaster, or content creator of any kind, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org to book your session or service today. We offer a plethora of different services like audio recording, podcasting, videography, photography, and so much more. So make sure you check us out. And I'm joined today by another very special guest. He is, a again, talk about a plethora of different things. As a, you are just a creative. I should just put it that way because you are a vocalist. You're a, you produce your own music too. Is that correct? Yeah. You're a videographer, photographer. You really just kind of are the whole package when it comes to creative endeavors. And this is, of course, none other than Pierce joining us on Turntable Teachers. Thank you. Thank you. Which is kind of a long time coming, man. I'm glad to have you here. Dude, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's ever since Taha put me on to you. Yep. Big shout out to Taha. Yeah, by the shout way. out Taha. We love, we love, love Taha. you, bro. Yeah. Um, it's I've just been like, yo, this guy's dope. What you're doing is dope. You're like doing such a service for Thank us you. artists. So I've been I've been vibing with you for a while, bro. And I <laughs> everything you put out is always good, high quality. So Thank you. and the fact you have this space now is huge. So yeah, it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing for yeah. sure. I've been really fortunate and lucky to have been able to be here and and to continue it in this sort of way um mm-hmm. not to say that like the other ways i was doing it were bad you know it's just you know pandemic when speaking of taha the last time he was on that was when we were yeah. in the zoom the zoom days yeah of the podcast and then there was the era of nowhere studios with uh and shout out to all those guys they were just so great and gracious through the whole time that i was there but yeah when you have an opportunity to you know be in your own space it's it's a it's a cool thing so but man, like you have, I feel like you're somebody that, and it's, and it's interesting, I'm glad to have you on because you don't seem like somebody that likes the spotlight. You're not really enjoying it too much. You're very like, you're a soft-spoken guy, right? So it's kind of one of these things where it, it's, it must be such an interesting sort of like battle for you. I mean, not battle is the wrong word, but like kind of balancing it and trying to figuring out like as somebody that is trying to pursue creative endeavors yeah. yet you seem like somebody that is more, I mean, maybe I'm, I have a wrong read on you, but I feel like you're somebody that likes to be a little bit more in the background and observant. Maybe that kind of plays into like your videography and photography. So uh, this is, by the way, this is the objective part of the uh, podcast where we get to know a little bit about your background things like that. So I'll kind of start there, I yeah. guess, if, if, if that's okay. Like, I'm just curious as uh, just in general, like as a person, like how, yeah. how hard is that for you to like becoming now like a fourth, like a front man of like your own artistry? Um, I have always been a leader and believe it or not, I'm, I'm a, what's the word? Introverted extrovert Okay. or extroverted introvert. I'm one of those two. <laughs> um, cause I love people. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. Um, but in like my job as a videographer and a photographer, yes, I am in the background, which I love. I love letting other people take the lead and me just capturing their essence. Like that's like that's a part of the reason that I'm alive. I feel is to 
to help people be themselves and document that and relay that to an audience. But um, it is a balance, exactly what you said. I wouldn't say it's a battle because I have my different facets of life where I can be quiet, but I also have my moments where I can be loud. And um, it's, I don't know, it's not, I, I wouldn't even say it's a challenge because I have those two avenues. Interesting. Because um, I, I don't know, I'm blessed to have these different avenues to express myself. Right. Because I mean, videography and photography are great and it allows me to capture moments in time and music allows me to capture emotions and and feelings in time. And yeah, and I feel like visual art can be that way as well, but there's something to the audio game that I, I personally can't seem to capture with my camera and maybe that's a skill issue but <laughs> no uh, I, th- I think there's just two different ways that's like you said I think I don't think it's necessarily like you can or can't it's just a matter of like that's just what it is like yeah. when you're capturing the video that's the point is to get the visual I mean again not to say that audio can't you know create visuals in your head which your new project which we'll talk about pretty soon I think certainly does that no question I was just listening mm-hmm. to it before I got uh, before we got here um, to stay on that topic though, of, I want to really dive into the background because for you, like what kind of came first, the chicken or the egg, so to speak, was it like, I want to be a musical artist and then I'm going to like figure out a way to just create my own visuals. And then naturally you became a videographer mm. through that. Or was it the opposite where you're a videographer first, you're working with so many talented artists as you already have. Uh, working on you know plethora of different projects like music videos and you know promos and whatever and then you were like i kind of want to do this music thing so like because this is like something that's cool so like which kind of came first i'm kind of curious um well i'll take you way back uh i've been making movies and skits since i was a kid with my siblings i have four siblings and my older sister was always the director she'd be behind the (laughs) camera and she'd be like all right jump out of that tree and like, Oh, like fly over the hood and do a bunch of crazy stuff. (laughs) And so that creativity began very young and I'm in a very creative family. I'm frankly, probably the least creative or least talented creative in my family. I do not believe that for a second. You got to meet my family. (laughs) Cause they're, you probably got a, you got one creative family then. They're insane, dude. They're all very inspirational. And what else do your, not to, not to go down this tangent, but what are your, what are your siblings and, and parents do potentially? So, uh, Abby, my older sister, she's in Costa Rica with my brother in law, Okay, her husband. And, uh, they have a music project called ceramic and they produce and write all their stuff out there. And, They start. They actually know Bouvet, the Bouvet brothers. Bouvet, yeah, 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 yeah. and those guys are freaking awesome. Big shout out to Bouvet. He's actually from this area. He's from like yeah. the North Shore area. Sam and yeah. Harry, two good, good guys. Love Sam. Super good at playing the bass, dude. Because so groovy. But uh, so they do that. They're they're dope. They got their whole thing going. My little brother Joe Josiah. He's a little bit like me. He does everything. He's kind of a wild card. Um, He's a great music producer. Hmm. Um, he does visual stuff. He'll animate. He's a really good illustrator. Thomas is actually around this area too. I think he's twenty. Me, me, Joe, and Thomas are all like within like five years apart. Okay. So we'll jam in the basement whenever Thomas is home. Like we'll jam and make music or whatever. And uh, 
but Thomas is just like a prodigy. We like he's just a, a very silly kid, but he's a genius. He like taught himself how to play piano. He can play like every Beatles song on the piano. No way. Um, so he's very creative and just a brain. And then Elizabeth, who's my youngest sister, and she's in high school. She's like does everything. She's into theater. She's got absolute pipes for like her voice is crazy. Um, and she like she's been getting into like sewing and designing. So like okay. for her plays, she'll design all the costumes for the plays. So they did a um I forget what play it was, but it was like an old time, maybe it was like Little Woman or something. But she designed and sewed every single dress for every woman Damn. in the in the play. It was sick. Um and like that's I mean, I love doing that. I love like making clothes. I, I no, love yeah, like, patching things big up. Big fashion and, guy, I feel like, you know, for you like or not even fashion, but you like you said you're just like making your own clothes. Like, I've just noticed an, that when I've yeah, come across you in, it's in person. It's just another way to express myself. Yeah. I feel like what we wear is like it's 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 a way to speak without speaking. Mm-hmm. And when I can totally. make the things that I'm wearing, I'm it's like another level of expression. That's super cool. Um, What'd your parents do? Um, my dad is a uh, creative director for a healthcare diagnostics company. Okay. So like corporate stuff, but he's like behind the marketing and the internal so there's creative, still a creative stuff. mind there. That's why yeah. I, that's why I'm asking because I'm just curious. Like all you guys are creative, so I'm yeah. thinking like where where did that stem from, right? Yeah, and um. My mom is just a mom. She does a bunch of like side hustle stuff, but she fosters the creativity in us. That's what I can give her credit for because I was homeschooled. All of my siblings I were homeschooled. I did not know that. Yeah. So huh. I, at least up until high school because okay. I wanted to play football and right. all that. So I was like, baseball. All right, yeah, stuff, yeah, all that. I was, I was like, I got to get out. I was a very active child. So gotcha. I like drove my mom crazy. She was like, <laughs> all right, be free. Get out of here. I love it. Um, Dope. but yeah, so she was Damn. just mostly a mom most of my life. Just Got it. Okay, that's a full time job with himself. So well, okay, well the Flint. Never mind then. I stand corrected. The Flynn family is pretty pretty damn uh, creative. I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, kind of. I'm curious too. Though, so you, so you guys were making a lot of movies or like whatever when you were younger. Yeah. When did you start to pick up the camera? Um. Probably middle school into high school. Um, I would, we would just like make like army movies and like, it was fun running around the, in the woods with guns and getting shot and doing stunts and stuff like that. And, but in terms of like seriously doing stuff, it started in, uh, at UMass and I don't know what you want to call the chicken or the egg, but I started making music my June junior year or my sophomore year i'm sorry um with at umass at umass Got amherst it. where i met roly yep. i met artem i met taha um i'm trying to make sure i'm not missing anyone else that i met out there that you might know but was, all uh, good people yeah. i love roly i love artem and obviously i love taha um and it was sophomore year my buddy tony bumps who's one of my best friends he's just a good soul he was in his dorm room cooking up some beats and his melodies and his 808s were completely out of tune. And my musical ear was like, yo, that's 
that's tough. Like, let's, let's do, let's fix that, bro. So I sat down with him. We started making beats together and like, I would make the melodies and he would do the 808s and he would do the drums and all that. And eventually I was like, you know, what? I can do this. And I realized my laptop had garage band started mm-hmm. just making trash beats on garage band. And, um, UMass was a blessing because they have, um, on the third floor of the library, they have like a media studio lab type thing. Okay. Honestly, it gives me vibes like this with like the different like uh, studio rooms. And I met this artist, Medi and Sky, and they were seniors and I was a sophomore and we like got in the studio together and I was like showing them a beat and they're like, oh, that's cool, whatever. And they... I think I had a camera at that point. They're like, yo, I'm trying to make a music video. Like, let's do this. And they kind of just enabled me because they knew I would be free. And they, they, I guess they saw something in me and they're like, yo, let's make a video. So I made a music video for Medi and he huh. ended up paying me like $15. <laughs> I don't know why, just because he's a good guy. And I <laughs> like, shot This is it. all I got. This is my, this is my. Either, yeah, it's my beer money for the week or yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> and I I shot it primarily on my GoPro. Interesting. And okay. And I had like a GoPro drone, so we like flew the drone and like it's it was so bad. I I don't even know if it's still on the internet. He probably took it down. If he's smart, he took it down. <laughs> but um, well, the first project's never quite you know what of you were. I mean, my first podcast was probably not the great. Yeah. I I let, so when I had when I had my old co-host from a long time ago. Um, our first podcast, we, it was a garage band microphone that we put into a cup because we didn't even have uh, a mic stand. Wow. We had one microphone, one garage band microphone. We stuck it in a cup. I sat in a chair, he sat in a chair and we talked down into the microphone like that to, so it would pick up. I love that. And, and that's how it started. I'm not kidding. So I like, love that. It, was it that great? probably not but like but you made it work exactly because you wanted to and you're passionate about it exactly and that's all it is at the end of the day right um it takes a long long time to get to the places you want to go or like for me to be sitting here in this space like it's almost surreal in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. to like be like wow this is where at and then for you to like be creating the videos that you're creating now it's it's mind-blowing and i want to thank you too because i've been sort of on this uh, getting back into the videography side of my itch. So a lot of people don't know this, but I was really, really close to going to school for videography. That's like no what way. I want and communications. Where'd you go to school? I ended up going to Fram- uh, Framingham state. Okay, cool. Um, so my junior year, I was, I was part of the TV program for a number of years and I want to shout out a big shout out to my, uh, my teacher, Mr. Lombard, uh, Jim Lombard. He's like, probably one of the best mentors I've had in my entire life. And I sincerely love him to death. Um, without him, I don't think any of this is possible truthfully. Um, and I got into the, the class on accident as a freshman and, um, they had like three levels. He treated it like a, like a varsity program where you had your TV seminar and then advanced TV was like your JV. And then you had intro to TV, which is like your quote unquote freshman team. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But rarely, rarely freshmen didn't get into the class. So anyway, long story short, um, I'm really into it. Like I'm enjoying it. I was really having fun with everything I was doing. And then I 
Come to find out that, you know, it's like a, most videographers, it's, you know, a freelance type deal. You know, it's like not guaranteed money-wise, blah, blah, blah. And I just was didn't come from a situation, a family situation financially where I could take a risk to like do something unstable. So I decided yeah. to, you know, clearly, clearly I didn't pick a great choice to make a ton of money, but I went into teaching because I was like, all right, well, I want to do something that I, I think I would like or whatever. That's important. Um, absolutely. But it's just interesting. Anyway, long story short to come back to this, that mm. I, if I find myself back to this. So anyway, I want to thank you because you've been so helpful f- with me. Uh, you know, you send me different packs and just like all these different things. And just your, your, your ear and your, and your eye have been so helpful, uh, for like the, the, the couple months that I've been working on certain projects. So I, I, I thank you for that. I I'm, sincerely. I'm and, happy to help, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, yeah. the knowledge is free and mm. I, it's f- to be shared, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like you have the eye and the skill set. It's just a matter of, gaining the experience to do it seriously and you're doing it and like every single project you do is better than the last one i feel that way too it's like you're i definitely feel that way. you're evolving in front of my eyes and it's thank you man thank you bro i really appreciate that yeah no it's been it's been immensely helpful and i i'm i've been really enjoying myself like getting into that creative endeavor so if you need a music video done Either of us, probably him. He's probably your first bet. But if you want to, <laughs> you need the work. I'm too busy, bro. It's I'm, fair. I'm All right, so then busy. come to me, I yeah. guess, if you want. He's just uh, as good. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't um, know. That's set in there. It's pretty. You can do some sick. We stuff can. There. We can. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing some some fun stuff in there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway. So when did you decide? Like, because you play instruments as well, right? Like you play you played guitar or bass. Guitar, bass. Keys, keys, finger drums. You kind of do all anything that. Anything that makes noise. <laughs> so, when did you decide? Like, okay. So as you said, it was college, but like afterwards, after you do it, so you're on, you're you're working on GarageBand for a while, trying to figure it all out. When did it kind of click for you, where you were like, I can actually potentially like pursue this artistry and and actually like be a like a full fledged musician. Um. I don't know. I don't know if I've even had that moment click for me yet. Interesting. I don't even, I don't know. I don't treat it as like, oh, I'm a full-fledged musician. I'm just an artist. And like I just started making music and writing music and recording music as a, like a necessity, honestly. Like I, it was a form of survival for my like mental health to like get, these like shadows and this pain out of me and like I would write in my journal and stuff but being able to expel it vocally it was so like healing for me and that mm. was like a lot of my music at UMass was made just put out on SoundCloud and I don't even know if it's still out on SoundCloud but and it was just me I, I would make like I would put out like an EP every single month purely because I had to do it. Huh. And it just, and that's just the way it was. And like, I would share with people and like, it was always good to get feedback and, but it was never really about like who received it. It was more for me. And obviously like now that I'm putting stuff out on streaming platforms and I'm creating content around it and I, I'm definitely trying to build more of an experience for people. So yeah. I, I, it's more for people now than it was in the past, but it's still for me. 
and it's just me expressing myself. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I don't know how to answer that question because yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know if it's happened. Yeah. Interesting. So you may be still in that phase, and that's and that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think for you, like with the music videos. So then, all right. So I want to go back to that a little bit too with the music videos. So yeah. you started when the GoPro. And then when did you like upgrade to like the camera and then really started becoming like somebody that was sought after to do like video projects and different things like that? Yeah, I think it was my going into senior year, maybe I got a Sony a 6000 and cause I was doing like an independent, a photography independent study and I was starting to like film just like studio sessions and, um, I just had met Joe Bruce, who is has been very influential. He's my brother. He, uh, I met him in. He's from Providence. He's uh, started Waterbury Music Group. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. So I <laughs> met him, and he gave me another huge opportunity to like film a music video for him, and I shot that on that that small mirrorless Sony that didn't shoot in 4K or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like my first step. And then once I graduated the pandemic hit, and I, I guess, so I didn't, I got my, I got that camera that's filming right now in 2020 and Taha hit me up and he was like, yo, your visuals are crazy, bro. I want to make something with you. And I was like, word, like, let's do it. Like, obviously your music is sick. Um, he was like, but it has to be in 4k. And I was like, oh. I don't have a 4K camera. She's like, oh, could we rent something? And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to use this as an excuse to invest in myself. And it that camera was so expensive at the time. It was like three grand or something. And I got a loan from my parents. And I was like, I need this for this music video. And they helped me pay for it. And which, thank you. I'm blessed to even have that as a thing. As an opportunity, That's yeah. like huge. And um, we made... Uh, Nightmares, which is like one of my favorite music <laughs> videos that I've seen come out of Massachusetts in the last like five years that I can remember. That's like crazy. I truthfully love that music video like so much. Taha knows this, but yeah. like I, I like just enjoy the hell out of it. It's just the the cinematography aspect of it, especially, mm. is what I love. But then the effects, like how just like wildly manic you make him look which he can do on his own yeah. which 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 we don't need to you know but yeah. you like take it to another level you know what i mean mm. so it's like mm. really cool like to see what you guys were able to accomplish with that so was that was that like your really first big project you would say then um video project man uh it's all a blur probably i mean it was the first thing i ever shot with that with, camera with that camera and from there things kind of just like snowballed right right and like i even at that point i was like pretty like heavy in the freelance game but like then i graduated like the next season like that spring we filmed that in the fall it was like halloween was that 2020 yeah it was 2020 halloween 2020 and then 2021 i finally graduated from umass because it was zoom mass instead of actual school um and then I dove just headfirst into the whole thing. But um, yeah, I guess we I'll say that was like my big first big project. And I mean, the credit to Taha, though, man, that was his vision. Like 
he i found the locations and all that stuff but like he he was like yo we're gonna do this we're gonna do that the clay at the end like it's insane like it was like he said it was disgusting it to was have to like get uncomfortable off of- at times but it was like <laughs> such a fun experience we were just like in the trenches freaking yeah. doing it we went out in my woods we like dug up a hole and like buried them like <laughs> which only happens for like three or five like five seconds in the it's whole not entire even that thing. long of a yeah. shot no absolutely but no, yeah. that music video is insane um yeah. definitely check it out we'll link it in the description um make sure you guys check it out if you haven't yet and it's, it's a couple years old but like it is still it's still to this day it really it stands the test of time i i love that Thank that you, video 100 percent um and you grew up in Plainville, correct? Yeah. Uh, and which is like South Southern Mass. So it's so, sort of you know Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Like seven minutes down the road from Gillette like, Stadium. Oh, you yeah. poor thing on Sundays. That must be. You just don't leave your house. I just avoid it. I you don't. Just don't even leave the house. <laughs> I don't go north. Just don't yeah. go north on Sundays. Yep. yep. If their Patriots are home. Um. So, and then so you have you're like a lot closer proximity to Providence, correct? Yeah. Than you are Boston. So I'm curious, like. Do you spend a lot? This is my last question in, in the objective uh, part of the of, of the of the podcast. Do you spend a lot of time in Providence? And like, are there, is there a lot of art? Like, I know we had recently in the last few months had a, a Providence artist on by the name of Derek Tyler, mm. who's originally a Dorchester guy, but ended up going to school there and then stayed there. So I'm curious, like, and from your perspective, um, what's the art scene like in that like southern part of the state? Because we haven't mm. had a lot of southern mass i would say yeah. or um her south shore so to speak um artists on and then not as many from like that sort of like providence area so i'm kind of curious like yeah. what's the scene like from like a music standpoint and um how did it potentially inspire you there or was it mostly just the umass thing that really like um providence has one of the richest art cultures i've ever been a part of it's, i've heard this it's like awesome they're like every single night you can find music like there's like as220 which is a non-profit out in the city they and it's not just them but i forget what the organization is but they have like beat battles okay like monthly they have like rap battles there's like scenes of these people that only do that they only rap battle they don't like put music on streaming platforms they just show up in the rap battle which is that's great sick like the hip hop scene is very strong there. Um, there's so many really good bands. Toad and the Stooligans, which is like a funky hip hop jazz fusion. I don't know how to like put them in a genre, but they're sick. Um, and the the two front men for that are Dan Ponford and, and Toad, um, and they're both just great MCs. They're just beasts. Um, and I it helps me being in Providence helped me grow so much and it goes back to Joe Bruce like he brought me around so many influential and like positive people and just being in the rooms with these people helps me learn and absorb and become the artist that I am today yeah. and oftentimes I was just like following him around with a camera and just going to studio sessions and um just observing Sometimes if I was lucky, I would get in the booth and nothing would come of it. But like, I still have that opportunity. But um, yeah, man, I can't give Providence enough praise. It's awesome. And I really, I really love that city. I mean, there's definitely some 
every city has its flaws, but I, of course, I, um, it's great. And I, one thing I'll say that's kind of sad to see is there's, um, I don't know if you've heard of PVD Fest. I don't think so. So it, it's like every year, and it's usually in the summer, the beginning of the summer. It's like a citywide block party, pretty okay. much, and like they shut down like four or five of like the main streets in like downtown Providence. And I was lucky enough to go last year and and film Joe and film a bunch of different artists, and um, it was just the most fun I've ever had. Like it just felt like a cultural experience. So much art being shared and exchanged so many businesses like like relying on this one weekend as like their food and um crazy they just providence just got a new mayor and they like move the date and they move the location and like oh there's like a open container policy so no one can drink and like which takes out food trucks and vendors they don't make any business off of it they just completely like took the essence of PVD Fest and just like sucked it out. And so bad. And I've seen the community like take a hit from that. And like a lot of the local artists like spoke out against it. And a lot of them were boycotting. There was like a horrible showing for it. Like, yeah. So I hate hearing that stuff because you want to invest in your art scene in your culture because that's so it's so vital which i'm glad boston's finally doing yes i just had mo pope on and uh, a couple episodes ago and same like we talked about that a lot sensibly that finally like you know the office mayor whatever side you feel politically on it her office and the arts boston arts and culture office has really started to invest a lot more in arts and culture here in boston and you are seeing the results of that. Yeah. With when you have Earth Gang and Dead Prez, m- minus take out even all of the unbelievable local acts that were part of Goldfest. Yeah. When you have the fact that you had Earth Gang and Dead Prez for a second, it's huge. For the 50th anniversary of hip hop at Boston City Plaza for free. You did not need to pay. That's for sick. free. You could see Earth Gang for free. You just walk up to Boston City, Boston City Plaza and watch Earth Gang. Like, t- tell me when that's that that hasn't happened in like the last ten years since like uh, Mac Miller I think headlined the last one mm. that was like over a decade ago. So it just goes to show that like when you invest in your art scenes, like it it really does help a lot so much. Yes, it's it's, it's incredibly important. Yeah. So that's too bad to hear about Providence. I hope that they sort of are able to revive that in a way. Yeah, I mean, I I say all that just to say like that's how much Providence relies on their art mm-hmm. and like the, the culture of their, their music scene, because without it, there's, I mean, there's still great aspects of Providence, but there's just, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's sad to see. Right. Like, yeah, it's too bad, but it's too bad, but well, it's okay. On a lighter note, um, <laughs> we were going to get to the main lesson. I do want to talk about the latest EP tripping yeah um quite an experience and you talk about giving people an experience um you're doing that so what about doing an album like this that's a little bit more conceptual it's very short it's like you know what six five six tracks maybe like 12 13 minutes it's not a super long listen so we'll also link that in the description and of course don't 
leave or go anywhere, definitely check it out after the uh, after this episode. Of course, we got plenty more left with Pierce, but um, I know you've talked about in like some promo videos, and it's just something where like you've called out certain um, albums, like or called back to certain albums, like a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, or maybe like a Because yeah. the Internet or What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. where the songs kind of just seamlessly go in and out of each other and you almost don't really even know when a new song is starting and i feel like that does capture your album or ep whatever you want to call it completely Mm. where you can listen to the full 15 14 ish minutes however long it might be and not kind of know when a song starts and when it ends which is kind of sick so like was that intentional going into this I guess is the first part of the question. And the second part would be, what was it about those particular albums that you were talking about specifically that like maybe potentially inspired mm. this project? Um, so I've been doing this concept of uh, flowing songs together since my very first album, Wandering. Mm. Um, and leading into Seeking, I did it a little bit better. It was more seamless with seeking, and I feel like with tripping, I'm getting a better hang of it. Um, but I think it's with all of those, but I'm specifically tripping. Um, it's really, I mean, I even as a kid, just hearing songs, and even like a beat switch up, and it's the same song, and I have to look at my iPod and be like, "Was this the same song?" That's <laughs> I love those moments and definitely I kind of want to create that for people or I want them to not even think about their phone and just be like in that world. Yeah. Either, either or whatever. I mean, everyone's going to react differently, but yeah, I don't know. For me, like these projects are, it's like a chance to tell a chapter of my story and um, the reason they all, flow or like that concept stays consistent is um when i'm dead and gone i want people to be able to put all my music in a playlist and like feel the life of pierce and feel the beginning to the end and like obviously my early music is not as clean or well mixed or well written or produced but it's like a documentation of me where i was then and like it's a documentation of my progression and that's that's kind of how I see it, and I mean, there like tripping is an immediate uh, continuation from seeking, and the last song on tripping is back into the cave. The whole entire story of seeking is you're in the cave mm. looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, and by the end of the project, you do find the light at the end of the tunnel, and tripping is like uh, and tripping is like the people see that title and they think, oh, he's tripping. <sighs> but it's a uh, triple entendre where it's, yeah, maybe like it's a psychedelic project, but also you're tripping and falling. Mm-hmm. Um, you're tripping over your own self or something physical on the ground. And also um, a lot of that music uh, was inspired on my trips to different places around the world and the country. And I went on a road trip and that, the, the, project's concept or the name came to me while i was in moab um utah yeah um so yeah 
So that answers your first part. Definitely, no, it definitely did. And I, now that you say that, I like yeah. certain songs like Cruise Control, Wrong Turn, feel a lot more intentional now. Or there was like a lot more of a purpose with those than I thought before. Mm. When you give that context, yeah. super interesting. Um, yeah, but then and of course, yeah, the second part, which was the, some of the albums that you've. I'm not saying you're comparing them, but like, just because that's the wrong word for sure. Cause they're just completely different albums, all of these, but sort of the idea of like a conceptual project, like I said, where like the songs kind of flow seamlessly. Like, so clearly that sounds like it was intentional and has been intentional throughout your music career or, or you know, your, your time making music. But what about those albums either inspired you with this or did do you like hold in high regard because of they kind of, you think they achieved the same things? Um, I mean, they have achieved far more than I have. Well, they're, they're purely, they, yeah, those yeah. are some of the highest iconic artists, iconic, iconic artists yeah. of all time. Um, Childish Gambino incredibly slept on by the way. And yeah. Un- incredibly underrated. Yeah. In my opinion as a musician yeah. and as an uh, artist. Gambino. I mean, I think, can we talk about Gambino for a second? Of course. He's a huge inspiration. I mean, he's a mogul. Mm. Just like in all facets of media, he has his hands in. And I mean, Atlanta is such a well-written and shot show. Oh. Like, And he's an incredible actor. I mean, I think the first time I ever saw him was in Community. And then when I found his music, I was like, wait, this is the dude from Community? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, because the internet has been one of my favorite projects for a while. And that there are some songs there that flow together. And there's some songs in there that have like a part A, part B, mm-hmm. part C, where you have that beat switch and you look at your phone and you're like, what? What was that? And But uh, that that project primarily inspired me as I was sequencing Seeking. Um I was listening to that project because of the internet and I recognized the Roman numerals and I was like, what, what do these mean? And then I went into listening to that project front to back with that in mind, trying to figure out like, are these chapters? Are they like, why is it sequenced like this? So it inspired me to just like put my projects into chapters now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was cool. I mean, I don't know. I probably won't do that with every project. Maybe it's just a seeking thing. Who knows? Um, but, uh, and then uh, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. I had listened to that project as a kid and as a young adult without like ever like taking into account. I was all like, yeah, this is great, soulful music. It's one of the best albums of all time as people would tell me and I was like, okay, yeah, I got to listen to it. Um, I only really made that connection with my music recently while I was sequencing tripping. Um, and I'll talk about what I mean by sequencing. Cause that's like a whole different aspect of the project creation. Right. Right. Cause like you have the mixing, the producing process, you have the mixing process, you have the mastering process. And then for me, I take those songs and I listen to them. Okay, how do these flow together? Figure out how to sequence them. And then I bring all of those songs into a Logic project and I make them bleed together and breathe together. That's sick. 
And with sound design and taking like a reverb tail or reversing the beginning of this song and putting it at the end of that song so it like reverses into itself. And um, I don't know. It's There's a lot of crazy different methods to make it work. Um, but anyways, Marvin Gaye, uh, I was listening to that project as I was sequencing the project, tripping, and I was and I was driving and I was like wait is this song over and I've been listening for 15 minutes and I was and it was on like the fourth song on the project and I was like that's so sick because the the key signatures change the 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 time signatures change and it's like you can tell I don't know I don't know how it happened it's just like masterful musicianship that I don't understand (laughs) but it's um that's cool I just like that flowing feeling yeah is like for sure and that project the the contents of that project are so profound Mm -hmm. and hit especially hard right now in the world that we're living for sure Um, I feel like when you can get lost in in an album like that or a project like it it really is transcending in a lot of ways and like it it's a, it's an experience that you want to have again. Yeah. But it's unlike it when you have it for the first time. So it's like with a certain project, like you can go back to it again, but it's nothing like that first time when like you're listening to an album and you feel that and like nothing else is like matters right now. Mm-hmm. I can just be in this world. Um, I personally love cruise control. That's like been my shit for a while since it came out, but out of all the songs, which would be like your go-to or favorite, and I'm like asking you to like pick the favorite of your children, but <laughs> um, I like Cruise Control a lot. There is a better version of Cruise Control out there in the universe, but I lost it. Which I want to talk about briefly. Can we? Do you mind if we play a clip of Cruise Control? Sure. And then we'll talk a little bit about what you lost and yeah. we'll be right back okay cool yeah. this is cruise control by pierce from his latest ep tripping come right back and uh we'll be right back with pierce And that was Cruise Control by Pierce off of his brand new project, Tripping. You guys want to make sure you check that out after the episode. It's linked in the description below. Um, So unfortunately, the bad news. But, you know, in a lot of ways it worked out. But I know this is, I I would feel horrible if this happened to me. Your hard drive fried. And you lost like pretty much all your music. Is that correct? On the road trip that inspired Tripping. Which is incredibly ironic. But either way. Yeah. um, So I'm wondering with you like with that happening right and you creating this ep tripping like i'm wondering like what is does tripping hold like a more special place in your heart because like my guess is that like it kind of is reminiscent of the resilience you had that despite losing all your music you were still able to create 
this piece of art. So I guess like my question, and then you've always said too, I know you've mentioned this a couple of times saying that the project is raw, it's imperfect, it's messy. Um, so I'm curious, like with all of those things, like, of course, you know, it's coming from a potentially messy situation as well in some ways with you losing all that music. It did yeah. come from a beautiful place, but I'm curious as well of like, do you think it helps prove any sort of like resilience for you as a, as a person, if you will, to like not um, give up <laughs> essentially. I mean, I guess we could spin it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to put it. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm I an mean, optimist. I'm trying to put a little light spin yeah, on this. I thing. love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, for me, when I, I mean, when the hard drive first drive died, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm not meant to have that music. It's the world is not meant to have it. That's fine. And I like, kind of came to terms with that. And I was digging through my Google Drive, finding some footage for someone. And I found a couple random MP3s. And I was like, oh, I forgot these songs existed. And then I was like, okay, let me go look for some more. And I found something like texts i would send to joe bruce or to my buddy blood or um just to like oh what do you think of this and like, oh cool but you got to fix the kick you know all that um as an artist might do and i was the music when i was listening to it still hit me in the soul it still resonated with me and in like parts of it gave me chills i was like damn like this is a part of my story that i that I, if I were to leave it out and if I were to just go on to the next project, there'd be a gap between seeking and the next project. So I was like, okay, I got to like figure out how can I, how can I relay this story and, um, figured it out. I don't know. I <laughs> took, made it happen, took the crappy demos and rough mixes and Frankenstein them together and made it work. I love it. Yeah. So I think it's a, it, it, like I said, I think it does go to show that like, despite, you know, you know, when hardship or adversity strikes, like you can go one of two ways. You can either, you know, obviously there's that moment you're going to have inevitably that you're upset and you're frustrated and pissed mm -hmm. off. And like, I work so hard on all that, but it was depressing. I can imagine it was, it was, I wouldn't want to lose my, any of any of my hard drives, if you will. Like yeah. it's, it's, you know being a creative you know like you have all these different hard drives that are constantly yeah. living you're yeah. just praying everything works in the way that it does but yeah. inevitably i mean I, there's been podcast episodes i've lost and uh before i even got to edit them like mm -hmm. different things like that you know mm -hmm. different cameras not working for whatever the case like you know it's it's been um it, it's a ride being a being an artist and being a creative yeah um I want to get into so, the, so by the way I, I love the project definitely go stream it it's out Me on too. all platforms um, I'm glad you were able to, again, rise above all of that and, and put this out. I do want to get to some really cool things you got going on still, because that's what the main lesson's a part of. It's a part, it's supposed to be about the amazing things you have going on. Mm. And one is super cool and I, but we're going to save it because it's time for a pop quiz. Cool. So in pop quiz, you know what? This is the, I'm, he says, cool. <laughs> artists take notes because every artist that comes on here they're like no not a pop quiz <laughs> I, hey i <laughs> like, cool. hate school but i like this school let's do it all right i'm into it so pop quiz series of rapid fire questions where you just answer them to the best of your ability some have something to do with some things to do with music some things might have absolutely nothing to do with music whatsoever cool are you ready 
Yeah. They're mostly about you, so you can't. There's no way you can fail unless you I'm don't just, know yourself. I'm just excited to see what kind of homework you did. <laughs> well, I did quite a bit. Um, we're gonna start. So we're gonna start off light, and then we'll get into some interesting stuff. Cool. So, what's your Mount Rushmore of? You you, you like films, right? I'm guessing you mm. like. Do you like film or not really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would be like your Mount Rushmore of favorite films? Like your your top four films of all time. Uh, number one, Napoleon Dynamite. Great film. Uh, number two, I'm not going to take this seriously. That's don't, that's, um, you don't have to, it's fine. But I, I mean that with no bit of irony. I love Napoleon Dynamite. Um, damn. Uh, what's a movie? I saw a movie that I was like, that's, oh, I really like Dune. That shouldn't be in the Mount Rushmore of films, but I really well, like. The cinematography is pretty fucking great on that. And the that. sound design and the music. Yeah, well, that's that's coming soon. So okay, <laughs> uh, Dune should not be in the Mount Rushmore films. Uh, I put you on the spot, so I'm not giving you a lot of time to think about it. Okay, um, you can throw it in. That's fine. Dune's a good movie. It, Dune two coming out soon. I can't wait for that. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons that it shouldn't be in the Mount Rushmore films because <laughs> it's not the full story. Uh, okay. Well, it's your Mount Rushmore too. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, subjective. It's okay. But I, let me just uh, rack my brain for movies that are good. Um. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Uh. <laughs> oh, Taxi Driver is really good. Okay. Um, that's death. And I watched that for the first time like two or three years ago, and I was like, "How have I not seen this movie before?" Um, that's definitely one of my favorites. Um. So a funny story about me is I got a lot of concussions when I was a kid. So my memory is God awful. <laughs> so uh, going back into my, like my, the archives of my brain is like dusting off like the Bible and trying to read it. <laughs> and the Bible's in Aramaic and you don't know how to read Aramaic. <laughs> um, what an I, analogy. Uh, the point dynamite taxi driver, the Incredibles, and Wally. Wow, we went animation. I yep. like it. Two Pixar movies. I had to get the segment over with. I don't know. It's okay. You're yeah. good. Uh, all right, now I'm a little nervous to ask this question too, but I think you'll be hopefully have a little bit easier time with this. Mount Rushmore favorite video games. Oh, uh, Minecraft, Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, Star Wars Lego, the very first one. I played that on desktop. And backyard baseball. Backyard baseball was incredible. <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. Pablo Sanchez, dude, was the man. Yep, him. Was Pete Wheeler, man. dude. Pete Wheeler was my guy. Pete Wheeler, he was a lefty. I remember. Yeah, and he was wicked fast, super fast, and could like, he could just make contact. Yeah, and like got on base. Yeah, Pablo Sanchez, man, he had the power. It was just you. Like, you always had him bomb. in the cleaner. Yeah, yeah, clean, clean up yeah. spot always. Yep, um, and he was good at like every sport. Yeah, oh, all yeah. the other backyards. Was, I had all the other backyards. That was the gimmick, dude. He was just like, all right, every single game, you just got to pick Pablo first because he was a great point guard in basketball. Mm -hmm. He was a f he was great in soccer. I had them all, by the way, and he was a great running back in football. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was the man. Pablo Sanchez, big shout out to you, man. Yep, that's the goat right I there. I wonder what he's doing nowadays. I don't know. I don't know. Probably coaching the team. Probably yeah. Probably coaching. Um, 
TV show or movie that has the best animation, in your opinion? Mm. So not like the best animated movie, but like has just like significantly awesome animation, in your opinion. Mm. Something has to be said about uh, the Into the Spider-Verse movies. At least those, the animation, the mixed media animation is just those are crazy. so cool. It's insane. Um, I, uh, I don't know. There's probably better animation, but Soul had really good uh, 3D Love animation. Soul. Great movie. Um, yeah, that was a good movie. It wasn't my favorite Pixar movie, but no, no, no. Visually, though, the lighting in that film was like really cool. But yeah, I'd say like eh, I don't know. That's also the new um, Ninja Turtles movie has the same animation style as the Into the Spider Verse stuff. I haven't seen it. It's cool. Cool. Yeah. Dope. Um, video game or movie or TV show, whatever, with the best soundtrack or score that you can think of off the top of your head. Say it one more time. Best, uh, best best video or sorry, video game, movie or TV show that has the best soundtrack or score. So like best music that's oh. in, within it. Well, you can't group video game and movies together. Can you? Well, I well, guess again, you, I, you right. can. Let it's me, your I'll, curriculum. Right, I guess I'll rephrase the question. <laughs> So, what's a video game that has the best soundtrack or score? Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Best, best soundtrack in the world. <laughs> what about for a movie? Um, Star Wars has some pretty iconic music. Um, there's probably like a really good like musical that I'm forgetting. I don't know if that counts as a soundtrack, does it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say Star Wars. Star Wars. Let's get this, that's a, that's let's get this quiz over with. That's a, that's a great score. <laughs> Best place to get clam chowder. Oh. Like your your go-to spot for clam um, chowder. Uh, I'm probably missing on some really good spots, but the first thing that comes to mind is the Red Parrot in Newport. Okay. Um, I've actually been there. It's good clam chowder. Everywhere that I go, I try and get clam chowder. I, I mean, within reason, I'm not going to get clam chowder. When I'm Every like, single time you go to eat. <laughs> but, like, you know, if I'm in this area, oh, my God, let's check out the clam chowder. But that that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Cool. Um, yeah. That works. I guess. That works. I know Bert's, like, your favorite Muppet. What's, like, the most <laughs> – but who's the most underrated Muppet? Oh. Snuffleupagus. Great, great answer. Yeah, he's a good one. Great answer. What do you find so enjoyable about disc golf? What's like the most fun part uh, about disc golf? Being amongst the trees, and it's a it's a game that is like you versus yourself. There's a lot of like mental. It's a mental game. Golf is a mental game. Oh, hundred um, percent. So, I don't know. This past year, where I've like begun to play it more seriously and competitively. I've realized how important like my mental game is mm. in all facets, but it's yeah. But primarily being out in the trees and just being free, not worrying about anything other than throwing some plastic, <laughs> which is again, kind of ironic throwing plastic and the nature, but either way, mm-hmm. it's they're an not oxymoron. <laughs> and you're like hitting trees with the discs, like not intentionally, but like when you throw, you're going to hit, trees. you're going to hit a tree. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Right. Yeah. 
Best memory or highlight? I know you said your memory is bad, but we're going to go with this anyway. Best memory or highlight from your days playing Pop Warner football? Mm. Or like a highlight game, potentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pop Warner. I only played one year of Pop Warner football. Or uh, high school football. That's fine. Either that, either of those. Yeah. Um, well, we went undefeated our Pop Warner year and our freshman year. We were pretty nasty. We, uh, my class was just really good, and my first year playing football ever was eighth grade, and I was like l- lucky enough to start. I played tight end and I played D end that year, and then they pushed me out to wide receiver and uh, cornerback, which was fun. But if I could go back, I wouldn't play football because of the concussion i would i would have a brain <laughs> but it all had to happen some way i would probably wouldn't be making music if i fair enough do that. fair enough um i know you used to set three or more alarms for yourself to get up for football in the morning how many alarms do you set for yourself these days when trying to get up probably the same amount same or amount. more that drives that's one of my biggest pet peeves by the way i Force my girlfriend. She used to have like five, and I'd be like, "We're not doing this." Yeah, there's no chance. Yeah. You are, you are doing at most two, and that's when we leave it. So. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to become more disciplined, but even today, I, I woke my dog woke me up, and their alarm was going off. Yeah, and it just, it like just doesn't do it for me anymore. Doesn't do it. Yeah, my alarm if it goes off, I'm usually up at that point. Mm. Um. I know like early on when you were doing graphic design, you used to do like a bunch of fan art and like graphic design with different hip hop artists like Kendrick, mm. Kendrick Black, uh, Childish Gambino, Frank Ocean, Mac Miller, you know, the yeah. list kind of went on. You didn't get a Kid Cudi one I saw. Yeah. Um, do you have one in particular that you can recall that you're either most proud of or maybe had the most fun doing? I haven't thought about those pieces in so long. Those are all just like me practicing Photoshop pretty much. And I think I made all of those on my phone. I don't even think they, I used them were, I mean, I on they the laptop. Cool. Um, I don't know. I like the Mick Jenkins one. Underrated. I Very love underrated. Mick Jenkins uh, Mick is Jenkins. one of the best MCs out. I, the Waters was one of my favorite mixtapes. That's how from, I got like, into him. Ever. Yeah. So, well, Pierce, you did great. Pop quiz is over. I barely passed. You barely passed, okay. but that's it's okay. Right. Listen, his you barely passed, which is rare. Usually everybody excels. However, your attitude going into it was better than most. So, like, that's got to even out some way, shape, or form. So, therefore, we'll give you, like, a B minus. <laughs> better than most of my grades. So, that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, speaking of video games, um, you're, you created a video game. And by the time this podcast comes out, it will have already dropped and it will have already been out. It's not out currently as we're, as we're recording. Yeah. But... Tell me about that because that is just fascinating to me. I've never had anybody come on here that's in the process of creating a video game or has created one. So yeah. tell me about the premise of it. How did you how did you even get the idea to start making a video game? Like, take me through it. What's been the most challenging part of creating this video game? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, excuse me. It goes back to disc golf. I met these two really dope people, Jack and Ari. And, uh, we met them. I met Jack at a, they do like these like monthly tag matches at like different golf courses and like, you know, 30, 50 people show up, whatever. 
and you play for like these tags with like the numbers on them and then like at the end of the round like you get like your placement tag and then you come back the next month and try and get a better tag so i met jack last january at a tag match first tag match i ever went to actually and uh we got like the same score we both like shot really bad and he was like he's like yo like I, we're like probably like similar skill level we should go play disc golf sometime and i was like sure man i got his instagram and then like a month or two later we, we met up and um he brought his girlfriend who also plays disc golf and um played around we were like, you know getting to know each other and they're like yeah so we're game developers but our like biggest problem is like we don't have music for our video games most of the time and in my head i'm just like I wonder if they would make a video game for my music. <laughs> so I was, and that was like just brewing. And then I think the next time that we linked up or maybe I texted him, I think it was the next time we linked up and played. I was like, yo, I have this project. It's like five songs. It flows together. It's like one like cinematic experience. It'd be really cool if we could like further develop this story and like, push the experience even further and they were like absolutely that sounds wicked sick i don't think they knew what they were getting themselves into <laughs> um but they've been super conducive to my vision and uh like they're very easy to collaborate with they're like great at communicating and they've been working so hard so ari is a game artist she okay. she did most of the art and assets in the game um I was lucky enough to make some of the art. So I, I would go over to their studio, which is just their apartment, but we call it their studio. And uh, and they would give me an iPad and a stylus, and I, I would open up Procreate, and I would just make random like trees and mushrooms and road signs and a bunch of random stuff. And uh, they would... So we, it's kind of... It's not mixed media, but there's different art styles in there because also my good friend matt blood who is um a super dope artist in general but primarily an illustrator uh look him up on instagram it's a filthy habit all of his stuff is sick and he's like known for like the characters that he creates and he just like he'll spend his morning just like doodling random stuff and some of it's dope some of it's not as dope but um so, so I pulled some of his creator creations and creatures from his Instagram to use as like some of the enemies and some of like the random like obstacles that you have to get by in the video game. So that, that's like the art side, the people who created some of the visuals. And then Jack did all the heavy lifting and he did the whole game development, coded it, wow. did a lot of the animation. Ari did a lot of the animation too because you have to like make like set animations of like the characters moving and stuff and um so yeah it's been a process it's been like an eight month or longer process of us um working together and i mean it started pretty like naturally of us just like playing disc golf rounds and like brainstorming and being like, oh can we do this or should it be a platformer video game or should it be a side scroller or like, what kind of consumables will there be? How do you get health? How do you lose health? All that stuff. And that was, like, our brainstorm sessions. We're just out, us out on the course. Yeah. Just hanging out in the trees. And um, that evolved. And eventually, they their goal 
initially was to like get like a beta version for PAX, which is I didn't know what PAX was before I met them, but apparently it's a humongous game, traveling game convention, and it was it's hosted in Boston every spring. Um, and I don't know what PAX stands for, but um, <laughs> it's it's like where you see like all like the announcements for like the new Nintendo games and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, we want to go there and like hand out cards and have this beta to show people. So we rushed to get the beta and it was just the very first half of the first level to show them, okay, like this is what we're doing. Here's some of the art. And it's evolved since then. It's changed so much since then. And um, now we're doing like weekly meetups, finalizing, playtesting, fixing bugs. It's crazy. Doing all that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to game development that I had no idea about. And poor Jack. Like I try to be like, oh, like why can't we... Why can't we just move that over there? He's like, because if I move that, it'll make that break. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because there's so many, like, just loopholes and random stuff you got to do. And I don't even want to try and go in and describe it because I would get it wrong. I just leave. I just make the art and he does the computer yeah. stuff. But That's wild. Yeah. Wow. But it's fun. Where, where will people be able to play it? Or, like, how will people be able to play it? So... We're in the process of going through the um, iOS application thing, which is like there's a bunch of hoops you got to jump through and get verified and all this really unnecessary, it feels, crap. But uh, we want it to be an app, so it's okay. accessible. We like we want it to be as accessible as possible. Um, you can play it on your desktop. And I think the best way to run the game will be... Um, by downloading it on Steam or like downloading the physical file and like just playing the game. Like back in the day we would download Minecraft to our desktop and just like open up Minecraft. Right, right. It would be like that. Uh, that would be like the smoothest way and the app will be super smooth too. But I don't know if desktop will be super smooth because it's the way like uh I should say browser. Like the way that browsers like run, it's just like can't handle all that information. Fair enough. So. Plus, Fair we're like enough. Flash games now canceled and all that. It's like a lot more difficult to like make like computer games just like on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is sad. Which there used to be so many. I know, I mean, man. When, you, when we were growing up, like yeah. there was a million games and there was a yeah. million platforms that had games. Yeah, like I'll go um, back and try and find some of those games and I can't because it was all yeah, on Flash. Yeah, so, they were all they were all so. I mean, like I remember playing like freaking like mini mini putt or whatever like yeah. on a i can't remember what the, the the website is now but um there were all these different like game i yeah. remember i remember it was it was that was that was an era that was a time yeah cool math or, games addictive games addicted game yes yeah. addictive games that's exactly what yes. it was yeah absolutely wow e-bombs world i think was a different one yep. that i remember yep. um, i remember in school all the all the game sites were blocked besides cool math games yes that was the only one that you could is, actually play it's not there weren't math games there it's just, <laughs> it's just a loophole baby super dope well congratulations on that that Thank is you, like man. it got to be a cool achievement for you something different that you definitely don't see every day so what's the, what's the game called i mean it's just called tripping oh it's oh it's called tripping after the i guess i yeah i mean because so the game is uh the whole entire project it's like a 12 minute playthrough with 
and it takes you through each level. Each song is a level. Huh. And it's like, it's just the, the experience of tripping pretty much. Super dope. Yeah. What a unique way to promote your album. <laughs> I Yeah. That's I've, crazy. I'm well, excited for it, man. It's going to be fun. I'll well, definitely link it once it's, once it's up and ready to go. Yeah. We'll also link that in the description as well. Cause this will be, this episode will be out before, uh, after that, uh, it gets released cool. in the game. Um, last question in the main lesson, and then we'll move to the final segment, which just has one question as well. Um, I want to talk specifically about water bearer music group. Yeah. Um, because I know you're a part of that. There's a few other people involved. So I want to just quickly describe like what the collective and label, so to speak is, or music group, whatever you would like to call it. Um, how it got started, what it's kind of about, like what's your mission with it. And then overall, like the goals that you guys have with it as a group. Yeah. Um, so Water Bearer Music Group was started by Joe Bruce. And Joe, Joe Bruce, the Water Bearer. And I, the Water Bearer comes from um, Aquarius. He's an, an Aquarius. And like the term Water Bearer is you're, you're providing water, you're providing life for the people. And um, that that theme goes like down to the roots of what we are it's really about serving the people in the music scene mm-hmm. su- serving people in need it's uh, our mantra is uh artistry and altruism always so and i, I mean how could you not get behind that i mean i didn't come up with it joe is just mm-hmm. a very altruistic and loving person and he's provided me Alyssa. And Marrow's so many great opportunities to to grow as artists. And um, uh, Alyssa Borelli is a, a dope, dope vocalist, singer, songwriter. She gives me like uh, Amy Winehouse vibes a little bit. Damn. Just like, like smooth, dark, like sultry vocals. You can feel the pain. And it's like, yeah, it's music you can feel. Um, Marrow's is just electric. She's just like a spark plug. Um, one of my favorite people. Uh, they're very, uh, I don't know how to describe their music. It's like, sometimes I hear like, and I tell them this, but, uh, I hear, uh, 070 shake or 070 070 shake. shake, Yeah. And which is sick. I love shake. Um, but also there's like a, um, playfulness to it and like charisma and i don't want to occur i don't want to um compare them to cory laray no shade to cory laray but i feel like uh but marrows has that like when they're on stage like it's epic like Hmm. jumping on speakers like jumping into the crowd marrows is dope um and yeah our whole mission is just to make dope art and make it accessible and make creating art accessible to as many people as possible and beautiful thing we have a a lot of big things this in the next coming season that we're planning that i don't think i can talk about but it's exciting it's a lot of we'll really be watering the world so i love it yeah a big shout out to everybody that's part of Water Bearer Music yeah. Group. And, You'll uh, have to meet Joe at some point. I would love to. I'd love to meet everybody you mentioned yeah. for sure. Pierce, thank you so much for being here, man. This is such a great episode. I've it's really just enjoyed 
talking to you and getting to know like a little bit deeper about you and your background, mm-hmm. but also like what you got going on with all, all the dope creative things that you do um, to, yeah, music videos, photography, you know, your own music, a video game now. It's, it's, it's you get your hands in a lot of cool things, but I think the sky's the limit for sure for you. Um, last final question, of course, mm-hmm. is the open response. And in the open response, we do the dream song scenario. Yeah. So, you have a song. It's a Pierce song. Mm. You get any artists, dead or alive, and producers, dead or alive, on this song. I'll structure it for you. You get one to two producers, and you get three guest artists. Who would be on Pierce's dream song scenario, oh. dead or alive? Give you as much time as you need. Wasn't it only four at one point? One to two producers and three guest artists. That's It's, it's, it's actually, always been it's that It's always way? been that, yeah. Okay, in my brain, I was limiting myself. Mm-hmm. Because this is such a It used to be one producer. I did open it a while ago to two. Okay, okay, okay. Because this is tough, dude. It's really tough. It's hard. Okay. A must-have is Justin Vernon. Um, As a vocalist or producer? Can he be both? Sure. I mean, I'll say say vocalist. I mean, he's dope. Need I say more? I think that would work totally, you guys. Yeah, well, he's a huge inspiration for me. That makes e- sense. Everything that he does is like ability to like balance like the technological, like trippy psychedelic shit with like human acoustic stuff. It's just sick. It's so crazy. I yeah. love, I love Bon. Yeah, yeah, big, bon- big Bonnie Bear fan. Bonnie Bear is awesome. Um, uh, Johan Lennox. As, Big shout out to Johan Lennox as a producer. I want yes. I want some of his strings on there. I would love his vocals on there too. Can like my producers sing if they? You can have both Justin Vernon and Johan produce, and then they can also be on the song if you would like. You are limiting yourself though. I'll I'll leave him as a producer because I know like he can take his vocals and make those sound like strings. So as long as his voice is on there somehow, but he'd be a producer. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. We're cool with that. Cool Justin Vernon's a vocalist, though. Okay, that's fair. Um, and then uh, producer Prince. Okay, so Johan and Prince. That's incredible. I don't know. That Prince would be, is, that would be, that Prince would be is a legendary amazing. producer. Yeah, 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 I would say so. He played like every single instrument on almost all of his projects. It's just yeah. epic. Insane. Um, I can only have two producers. That was it. Damn it. Prince and Johan. Um, okay, and then... Uh, vocalist, I would have uh, a three stacks verse and oh man oh I forgot about Rick Rubin he's I don't need Rick Rubin in the room <laughs> it would be nice to have him in the room but uh, I already have too many producers um Three Stacks and Mac Miller. I want I want this song now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's well, pretty crazy. It'd be, I mean, Justin Vernon would be like on the hook and the bridge. Mac and Three Stacks. I mean, Matt, they could probably be on the hook too, just like group vocals. They can all sing. Yeah. And Johan doing Johan things. And I don't know what the hell Prince would do, but he's just having his mind in the room would just be like, yeah. And I don't even want, I don't want to touch it. I want to just let them do it. And I just be like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll be the executive producer. Yeah. On this one. Well, 
Okay, Pierce, but not really Pierce because he doesn't want to be on it. But Pierce's song, technically, but featuring Mac Miller, Andre 3000, Justin Vernon, produced by Prince and Johan Lennox. I feel like it would be a smash hit. Could be. Prince is a wild card. But, but he, he came it, into my he'll brain make it work. out of nowhere. He'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out, whether it's just guitar super, licks or something like that. You, you make it work. Yeah. Well, Pierce, thank you yeah. so much for being here. This is so much fun. Yeah. Um, last thing to do would be to just plug away. Where can the people find you? And uh, anyone else you want to shout out, take the time now to do that. Cool. Uh, I'm Pierce. You can look me up wherever you listen to music. And it's not Paul Pierce. It's P-E-I-R-C-3. Three is a magic number. And that's it. Dope. Yeah. If you are a fan of Pierce just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. You can also hit up our website, turntableteachers.com, for all the latest blogs, podcast episodes, etc. And then if you're an artist, content creator, podcaster of any kind, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org to book your session or service today. Once again, Pierce, thanks so much for being here. It's a fantastic episode. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. As always, I'm Mike. That's Pierce with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed.